0: It's actually uh, audio recording, you guys. Really? And um, uh, I'm I'm starting a new podcast. Really? Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Show is going to be called Square Mile. Really? And basically, each uh, episode deals with one square mile of space in the world. Really?
1: Oh, yeah. only only just. Yeah. Only just a one square mile. Yeah. Good you gotta, for you, you man. focus
0: Okay. You, you okay. Have, have boundaries. Come
1: on, man. Right.
0: Welcome to Square Mile.
1: These are my lucky rings. I want you to put that on and wear young man. Wear it with love. A
0: show about walking in circles, talking to strangers, and paying attention. Assume that I, I know nothing about anything. You blank your mind, now blank your arm, blank your hand, blank your finger. I want you to blank then, the car. Explain you yourself. To, should I be politically correct or not? Like condiments are <laughs> like next to the pastries. Yeah. But improving. it's just mustard. These are the sounds and stories of one square mile of the planet
2: loaf of bread, one egg in each breast pocket, and that, that was all that it was going to take for Will to survive.
0: I'm Joel Shupak. A few years ago, I went for a bicycle ride. I left my home in Portland, Oregon, and didn't return for almost a year. I had this idea that I would find stories all along the way pick them up like discarded change, and make life-changing radio pieces, relying solely on my own grit and luck and charm. That year of my life was incredible, and lonely, and baffling, and full of challenge and triumph. To be honest, I'm still trying to make sense of it, still trying to return. What I found was that even at the slow pace of a loaded down bicycle, I was moving too fast, I became so saturated with experiences, I couldn't absorb anymore. New faces started to seem familiar. Everything drifted past like an extended deja vu. Some years have passed and I'm ready to have another go. The idea this time is rather than a grand elaborate sojourn, I'll stay put and focus in. Each episode will be an exploration of a different square mile of space. For this first episode, I started close to home, in a neighborhood of Portland, Oregon. I didn't really have a plan, I just wandered around with a microphone, following my curiosity. The sound of an uninspiring water feature in a small overgrown pond. I begin with the assumption that every place has its own peculiar magic. Then I stop making assumptions. But first, I had to draw some lines on a map to create my square. Alberta Street is the northern edge. Legacy Emanuel Hospital is the southern border. North Williams Avenue to the east. The quiet residential streets of Overlook to the west. Down the middle, from top to bottom, runs Interstate Avenue and the I-5 freeway. And somewhere in the middle of all that is Hobbies Unlimited. Imagine if you opened a hobby shop, and imagine that you lost the key to the front door in around 1984. Decades pass, and the shop waits for you, undisturbed unaware of fashion trends, social upheaval, advances in retail shelving solutions. Meanwhile, you are making do, finding love, losing love, learning to jog, wearing turtlenecks, abandoning turtlenecks. And suddenly, this morning, you find the key to your old shop from long ago. Walk up to the barn-red façade, open the doors, and step inside. What you're picturing is Hobbies Unlimited. Dusty boxes of toy trains, model rocket engines, and plastic bags hung from hooks on a wall of pegboard. The whine of RC cars. Inadequate lighting. You want to try? Uh, sure, uh, how does it work? So. This is reverse, up is reverse, away from you, and then towards you, down, and you turn right or left away from you is right, and towards you is left. It's pretty quick.
2: Just have at it. I like going faster. Ah!
0: Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You ever go to the, the bagel shop across the street?
3: Yes. Excellent bagels. Excellent
4: bagels. And compared to Subway, way better.
3: Michelle Wesley, McClintock. But I think a lot of toddlers think I'm named Bagel. They point at me and I'm like, Bagel! And I'm like, I'm not Bagel. Like, I'm the Bagel lady. (laughs) Outside of my bagel shop. How would you describe the day? Which day? This day? Yeah. (laughs) Good. It's going pretty well. I was about 45 minutes late and I blamed it on the dog. Terribly behaved, but very cute. Has he been in the shop? He doesn't, like, hang out in there. One time he did and then... The health department called, <laughs> so he's not really allowed in anymore. He got in trouble. You got in trouble.
0: I ordered the Wesley sandwich, Michelle's namesake and creation.
3: So you invented that sandwich? I did. I did. I took all my favorite things: cream cheese, egg, pepper jack, kale, bacon, sriracha sauce. Boom. Preferably on a Serrano cheddar bagel. I'll, I'll try that next time. It is yeah. the best one. It was just in a newspaper color. I got like a, a real photographer came out and took pictures of you know, it <laughs> came out weird. Mm. Photographer <sighs> came out and took pictures of it for like half an hour. It was amazing. We get one guy that comes in almost every morning and orders like five bagels. Cream cheese toasted with cream cheese on him. So I think he just like eats them all day. Like I think that's like his meal. He's like a he's um kind of ash and I think it's from all the bagels. He's kinda getting bagel colored, sort of. Uh kind of cream cheesy in complexion. Uh no, he's cool though. He's nice. Might do heroin. I'm not really sure. What, because he kind of looks like he does heroin, but he also is strange and like seems really zoned out sometimes Oh, but then uh, somebody found a bag of heroin on the floor. I don't know. I didn't see it, it was- Well, he had just been standing there
0: hmm. But how do you know it was heroin?
3: He used to have an employee. He used to be addicted to heroin and he said it was heroin I think I would have thought it was like a bag of cumin or something like I don't know Is, it, is that the color? Of- it was like darkish Uh-oh. I don't know. I googled like heroin later and anyway But he's a really great guy So whether or not he's on heroin, I'm not sure, but he buys a lot of bagels. He uses punch card regularly.
0: I walk east, crossing the I-5 freeway on a pedestrian bridge. I look down at the rush of cars, at this line of asphalt that runs clear from Canada to Mexico. Where this freeway is now, there was once hundreds of houses, all demolished in the name of progress. I keep walking until I reach Mississippi Street. Nowadays, Mississippi Street is like a living museum of hipsterdom and hipster gawking. Where else can you buy a taxidermied musk ox, artisan donuts, and a boutique dildo? all within a couple blocks. Can you, can you um, tell me what you're doing real quick? Um, I'm going to a taco
3: competition. It's during the day, so we get to day drink. So four tacos, yeah, four tacos and four tequila cocktails.
0: <laughs> but it wasn't always this way. In the late 40s, a massive flood and official city policy forced almost all of the black population into this small area of town. They simply weren't allowed to live anywhere else. Banks refused to loan money for houses, property values plummeted, white families fled. The new residents had few opportunities in a neighborhood that was largely neglected by the city. Houses fell into disrepair, gangs ruled the streets. But in the last 20 years, that's all changed. Kay has watched it all unfold from behind the windows of Sunland, her light bulb emporium.
2: Kay. I'm Kate Newell. I'm the light bulb lady.
0: Imagine you opened a light bulb shop and lost the key in 1984. Never mind.
2: Hi, guys. Hi. Can we light up your world? I hope so. Have you been so. in here before? No. no. First aisle, LED, beautiful to look at.
0: She greets every customer as they walk in from her seated perch just to the right of the front door. Her desk is a nest of invoices and receipts. Behind her, a wall of fuses and other small bits.
2: Down the middle, fun, fancy, funky nightlife party ball.
0: Kay has a large, round face, her long gray hair and a thin braid over one shoulder, pale blue eyes behind oversized wire-rim spectacles.
2: When I came here, this was a drug haven. From Fremont up to Killingsworth, you could buy any vice you wanted. How many of these do you need? I'll take
1: four, just to be safe. Okay. <laughs>
0: Dozens of colored bulbs are strung from the ceiling, hanging at various heights. Narrow aisles with shelves stacked high with every bulb and fixture imaginable, and some that are unimaginable.
2: People want to know how I got started. So what happened with that was I was working for another company, and I worked for him for about six weeks. He was stealing my commissions. He shall remain nameless. I discovered who he was buying from, that he was way overcharging, And I had the list of the customers that I had called and sold stuff. So I called those guys back and said, hey, if I start my own company and can sell you the same product for less money, will you buy from me? Being nice guys, they said, yes. Being stubborn, I called until they bought. Do you have a dimmer on this? No. Okay. Because if you dim to even just 10%, you're double the life. Hi guys! How's it going? How can I light your world? I'm just looking for some regular light bulbs.
0: From the sidewalk, the windows of Sunland are a folk art masterpiece. A monthly rotation of Lego creations, life-size dolls, antique toys, wonderfully kitschy clutter.
2: If you noticed my windows, they have nothing to do with my business. They have everything to do with our community. The children here were playing gangbanger games. I'm a blood, I'm a crip. Bang, bang, you're dead. They didn't have positive things to look at on the street. A a, a community should have stores that have positive feelings. So I filled those windows with things that kids would like, and every month I put something new in. The kids would be sitting there with their nose prints and their fingerprints like all little children do. But yeah, it gave me an excuse to talk to the children and their mothers. There used to be a group of uh, dolls that were on sale from one of the drugstores. They were four foot tall. And the dolls were all white, blonde. Some of them had brown hair. Did you notice that uh, people come in different shades and colors? So I got all these dolls that had darker hair, took all their little clothes off, and spray-painted them some of them had a reddish tint and some of them had a yellowish tint and some of them had a blacker tint that reflected humanity. And of course I left some of them white because we have a lot of white people too. Sir? Just,
3: no.
2: Can I light your world? I don't
3: know. Check around. LED?
2: Beautiful to look at. Okay. The first black person I ever met was a boy who was my age. Back in the 50s, there were a lot of lynchings and murdering of black men in the southern part of our country. And one family had a boy that was lynched in front of his brother. Someone in our community where I lived in Emmet, Idaho, read about this family and said, you know, we can't help the whole world, but we can help this one family. So they got up money together and invited this family to come to Emmett, Idaho, to live. And the boy was so traumatized that he just didn't communicate with anybody. And he was just in such pain that it was just pulsating around him. And it, that makes an impact, that somebody could have that kind of pain and not be able to communicate, not be able to integrate with the community. Thank you. You're welcome. I, Believe I was put here, brought to this neighborhood to help.
0: It's true that this neighborhood is now full of life and money, but the people who were forced to live here can't afford to any longer. continue towards Williams Avenue, the eastern edge of this square mile. I walk past a community garden with sprawling vines of winter squash, leaves exhausted from the sun, floppy like elephant ears, wilting cucumbers, spent strawberries, only the sunflowers looking cheerful, bright, upturned, expectant. Williams Avenue was once the heart of Portland's black community. It was lined with jazz clubs, people like Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Charlie Parker. They all played here. But very little of that world remains. In the 70s, 200 homes and buildings along Williams were demolished to make room for a hospital expansion that never even happened. Most of those lots are still vacant today. Some of the old churches still stand, but their dwindling congregations can hardly fill them. More recently, a flurry of new development has brought hip restaurants and luxury condos. A new one opens every few weeks, it seems. In the courtyard of one of those buildings, the developers are throwing a neighborhood party. The word welcome is spelled in enormous pink balloons strung high above the crowd a jazz band plays from a stage on one end. Representatives from neighborhood groups, churches, and the new restaurants are handing out flyers and food samples. At the entrance, two grown men stand with dour faces and a matching uniform, black t-shirts, black shorts, neon athletic sneakers. They're dipping wands into buckets of soapy water and letting the wind blow huge and wobbly bubbles over everything.
1: They were intentional about inviting historical uh, representatives in our African-American community.
0: This is where I meet Ronald. He's wearing an Indiana Jones-style fedora, so I like him already.
1: We are one of the neighbors over at a Life Change Church, and, um… A lot of music? Duh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good to Come hear. Come on, Joel. Yeah. Yeah, and positive preaching, Mm -hmm. small groups. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, man. (laughs) Um, Funny thing, Joel, um, there's a book in the Bible named Joel. And I'm going to check out the book of Joel. I do. I would be... Remiss not to address in this a one-mile radius years ago, there was a fair-sized African-American community. I believe that you're going to experience a lot of people around the one-mile radius that say, "Oh man, live and let live," you know. But um, they're the ones that. Experience white privilege, right?
0: And what are the other people saying?
1: It's not fair. How do I feel? See, Joel, feelings are crazy, man. Because some days I'm feeling, it's kind of like a love, right? Come on, dude. Sometimes I, ooh, I I love love. Other days I'm going, wait a minute, you know, I'm not feeling that love. You know what I mean? We must operate on a level that supersedes our feelings. Change happens, Joel. I don't have to try to interpret the whole apple in the same day, because I mean it's got seeds. you know apples have a seed, you know what I mean? you know I used to did not like to peel, you know but the peel to, to, to an apple can be some good stuff. So I think that we have to be open
0: for positive changes. Before I leave, Ronald hands me a flyer for his church.
1: I'm going to blow you away. Come on, dude. I'm going to invite you. But better than that, I'm going to give you this.
0: Read this out loud.
1: It says, smile, God loves you. Joel, God bless you, dude. Hey, say this stuff. So, how, how, Joel, ni- how nice should I dress? Just like you are now. This is okay? Come on, dude. You don't have to dress up nice? Come on, Joel. What do you wear when you go to church? I wear... I do not wear this nice of a shirt. Really? I wear what a you see. I do not wear a t-shirt much because yeah. it shows my fat stomach. Oh, right. Uh, otherwise, but I've been cutting down on my weight, so you know I've started wearing t-shirts okay. more. So come on, dude. All right.
0: At the northwest corner of our square mile, the road ends at a small place structure. A shirtless bald man is doing strange aerobic exercises. A toddler in a tie-dye shirt hangs from the monkey bars as long as he can. Across the street, another man is on his front porch, hanging bright orange cloth napkins on the railing to dry, unfolding each of them carefully. Along a parking strip is a row of small apple trees, full of pale and blushing apples. A little further south, I find a long strip of a park, with modern sculptures placed throughout. One is a chair with absurd dimensions, another looks like crumpled scaffolding. And seated at the only picnic table is a man I'm afraid to talk to. So I do.
4: You don't have a couple of dollars, would you?
0: I actually don't, I'm sorry.
4: Well, I'll tell you about this neighborhood the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. This damn neighborhood, it's a good neighborhood. Anyway, anyway, it, this world has come through a lot of ordeals. I'm homeless, I choose to be homeless. Mm-hmm. I have a place to live, mm-hmm. but I know what it's like. I've been homeless all my life. Same with the polar bear over there. They're, they're trying to just survive and, and do their best. But in the, the neighborhood, bear? it's really sad because it was, at one time, it was a peaceful neighborhood. Now, yeah. all the criminals and, and, thief and well, what do you know what it is? Drugs and, and drugs yeah. and drugs and drugs.
0: Is that something you've ever...
4: I've mentioned. I've done crystal meth. Never did. I've never shot up or anything. I've, I've done the bubble and did all that. It's not good. I mean, just because my teeth are all. I don't brush because I'm depressed. I, I don't brush, I admit it. I, I'm so depressed I can, can't even hardly eat anymore. Because, and let alone have to deal with the son of a bitches out there screwing me over, because once you let down your guard, they don't give a damn. The cops come up, you know, you, the cops need to go over there and bother get some murderer and some rape I I don't want to stab nobody. I don't want to shoot nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to, I just want peace, because the world is coming to an end. Only way that I know how Readjust my mind. I listen to music and I get away. I like what I like That's when I turn to the radio and then I I relapse and then I relapse like I am now. You have to figure out what is bothering you. What what is making you relapse? What is what is causing you to have a cigarette? What is causing, you know, everything? It's hard to do. If you don't love yourself, you're not gonna love anybody around you. And that's that's love, and that's what this world is shy of, these things.
0: I'm wondering if you could tell me like a really happy memory from your life. <laughs>
4: Oh, I used to uh, work for the loaves and fishes. The most beautiful times of my life was that when I walk away from a job, that I know that I did something right, that's positive, something positive on earth. There, there is love out there, and you must keep that love. Life is too short to lose. Life is not over yet.
0: I start to head home. I pass the freeway and Mississippi Street. I walk through the weeds of the vacant lots on Williams Avenue. And just before I cross out of this square mile, I see a poem that someone has displayed in front of their house. Desiderata. I'm assuming that means something in some language. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even to the dull and ignorant. They too have their story. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Be at peace with God. Whatever you conceive Him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still... A beautiful world. Square Mile is produced by me, with help this episode from Tracy Ganyu and Chris Siegel. Music from Blue Dot Sessions and Shaggy Molasses. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the memory of Milton Ruderman, who would always ask me if I was still writing. Does this count, Grandpa? Check out squaremilepodcast.com, where you'll find the stories I did produce from the bike trip I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Also links to music and more information. Thanks for listening. Now go out and talk to some strangers. I'm Joel Shupak. More episodes on the way.